Welcome to Common Sense Coalition Talk Radio, where you'll find straight talk from people with good old common sense. I trust your opinion. And now, for your host, she's putting sense back into nonsense. Absolute insanity. Well, you can hear me on the radio. Your host, Beth Ann. And I welcome you today to CSC Talk Radio. It is my honor, my privilege, and my pleasure to be here with you today. I'm kind of excited about today's show because we've got a dear friend with us that hasn't been with us for a long time. My fault, his fault. Maybe it was your fault. I don't know. We just didn't get her done, but we're going to get her done today. First, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. And today I'm going to share a scripture that actually came from our morning devotion that we share here in the office in the mornings from Ephesians six eighteen through 19. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. For such a time as this, most gracious Heavenly Father, we know that you are God over all. And that you see exactly what we're experiencing here. And Father, we know that it is our fault for not being in prayer, for not being alert, for not paying attention, for not seeking you in all things. Father, our nation is a pit of sin. I don't know how else to put it. But Father God... You are omnipresent, and you are with your children. So we ask for your courage, your boldness, your wisdom. And, Father, we ask for your protection. Protection over all those who are being persecuted politically. President Trump and others, those that are incarcerated for January 6th, and there are many others, Father, that are being attacked but different departments of this so-called government. I pray for you to be with them. Lift them up through this time in their lives, for these are once again the times that try men's souls. Father, may this nation, in all this turmoil and chaos, in this darkness, draw closer to you. For such a time as this, I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. While I have said this many times, I heard it last night on Greg Kelly's show on Newsmax. We have to do something. We must do something. Write letters, make phone calls, boycott. I don't know, he said, but we got to do something. You do. We do. We can't rely on these politicians, can we? Then he had his producer play a snippet of a rap, targeting Target, calling them out. And I have some of the words here. We might or might not share it later. Rudy, I looked it up for me this morning. To boycott is probably going to be inconvenient. But aren't your grandchildren or your children worth it? Is saving this nation worth a little inconvenience, a little pain, a change in where you're going to go grocery shopping or how you're going to grocery shop or how you're going to shop for clothes or other things? 
The boycotts are working, but we need more boycotts, just like they need more cowbell once upon a time on Saturday Night Live. Most Americans boycotted the late night shows. I did. The list of woke corps is growing. They ain't really fast learners, are they? But as the bottom line will keep dropping and their stockholders, who might be woke, will wake up to the reality of broke and say, knock it off. Americans have options. It might not be easy to seek them out, but we have options. We might have to go online and search. I know most of you don't like that. You might go to the old small mom and pop shops. And as always, I encourage you to buy USA as much as you can. But keep the boycotting going. They disrespect your business. So take it elsewhere. This is a great opportunity for new companies to announce, shop here, we're not, well, you get the idea. The woke don't care about the mentally ill or the LGBTQ+, plus whatever they are. They care about power. It is always and always will be about power. When they are done using the Dylan Mulvaney's of the world, they will toss them to the side like a rotten potato, and the poor young man will still be mentally ill and deranged. By the way, he's claiming now that he is... In his girlhood, he's a lesbian. Wrap your brain around that a little bit. Just wrap your brain around it. He won't be getting any major sex surgery anytime soon, is what I'm guessing. American Christians need to stand up. But before each action, before you write that letter, before you make that phone call, you must pray. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Today we welcome back a dear, dear friend. A man who has been doing something for a long time. Bill Federer. He's a national known speaker for those of you who are new with me and haven't seen him or heard him on my show before. He's a best-selling author and president of the AmeriSearch Incorporated, a publishing company dedicated to researching America's noble heritage. Bill's American Minute radio feature is uh, broadcast daily across America and by the Internet. His faith in history television airs on the TCT network on stations across America via DirecTV. Bill's first book, I think I've got two of them, America's God and Country Encyclopedia of Quotations. He sold over a half a million copies. His works have been quoted. If you remember, we have his uh, uh, Santa Claus book and some other things that we have sold here before. Uh, quoted by authors, politicians, leaders, journalists, teachers, students, and in court cases. Bill, welcome back to CSC Talk Radio. How are you doing? Oh, Bethann, great to be with you. I'm so sorry we missed you when you were going through Missouri. I didn't know until the last minute, and you were already booked up. <laughs> yeah, Did you have to give yeah. me a call? Well, I think I'm going to be back. I'm going to be back in Missouri and um, at the end of July. So um, July 20, excuse me, June, June 24th, June 25th. I'm going to be at um, Heartland Church with Pastor Zach Strong, and then a couple events with Jan Farrar. Um, I think we the people and. 26th, 27th of June. But anyway, it's great to be with you right okay. now. Well, your phone was cutting out. Where exactly, what city or town in Missouri was that going to be in? 
uh, Cape Girardeau. Cape Girardeau, that's down south. <laughs> that's way down there. We, but, uh, yeah, that's great that you're coming back. Of course, you used to be in Missouri. <laughs> you moved away. Yeah. Well, we've, we've uh, always loved Missouri, but uh, my wife wanted to move to Florida. So uh, we're in Florida. Well, and you're in good company down there. <laughs> you're doing yes, well yes. down there. You yeah, know, the free state. The free state, absolutely. You know, they say Kansas is, but you have to pay to go in and pay to come out. So I'm not sure how free that really is. <laughs> they got those toll roads. So what do you think? I know we're going to head into a break here pretty soon. Like if you can give me just in one minute or or less, you know, what do you think about all this uh, boycotting that's going on? This woke stuff. We'll talk about it more in depth when we come back. But Yeah, well, the continental women boycotted British goods during the Revolution. So they could have bought bolts of cloth from the Industrial Revolution Navy factories in England, really cheap, but instead they had to pull out their old spin wheels and spin their threads and sew their clothes because they refused to buy money from the British when we were fighting the war against the British. So even the, the women of the Revolution boycotted. Let's talk about that when we come back. I had a little trouble hearing you. We're going to have to do something with the phone line. It's not quite clear enough. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth M. And we are so excited to have Bill Federer. He's a historian, and we learn so much from him. And you know, we learn from history. We cannot let go of it. I know they're trying to hide it from us. We're not letting go. We're not moving on. We're going to hang on fast. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power the Future, agrees that America is blessed with an abundance of reliable energy sources. Our natural resources are the lifeblood of our nation and have made our nation prosperous. Rural America is the heart of production in this nation. Our food, manufacturing, trucking, and yes, our energy. Power the Future promotes jobs in rural America, specifically our energy jobs. These jobs are all under attack. Wealthy radicals like Tom Steyer's and George Soros promise to break the nation's energy independence. Their beloved Green New Deal attacks all that is good in this nation. Our food, our land, our jobs, our families, and of course, our gassy cows. Power the Future is fighting for you, rural America. Join them. Visit PowerTheFuture.com. See the latest news and donate to those who are fighting for you. PowerTheFuture.com. Power the Future is fighting to keep America's lights on. You can look for the silver lining or you can strengthen your portfolio with gold and silver. Optimism is planning for your own financial future. Melody Cedarstrom of Discount Gold and Silver Trading has been watching our economy and the banksters for well over 20 years. The U.S. has an unsustainable debt. While the timing of a collapse cannot be predicted, we know the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back weighs heavier and heavier with each new stimulus and omnibus bill. Because of our debt and the lack of solid backing, those fiat dollars in your pocket continue to deflate in value. However, gold stays true, true wealth. Give Melody Cedarstrom a call at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Discount gold and silver trading for all your precious metal needs. And join Melody weekday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Financial Survival Radio. Visit DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com. 
Now is the time for all good men and women to come to the aid of their country. Pledge to buy American. In these inflationary times, our Made in the USA companies need your support. American consumers do make the difference. When you buy American, the money you spend stays in America. Liberty Tabletop is a great company and the only flatware made in the USA. Why would you buy your tableware from China? Just say no and say yes to Made in the USA. Visit their website where they are actually partnered with other Made in the USA companies. LibertyTabletop.com. Better, safer, beautiful variety and great art. More than just forks and spoons, they provide liberty. LibertyTabletop.com or call 844-386-2338. 844-386-2338. Now's the time for all good men and women to come to the aid of their country. LibertyTabletop.com. 844-386-2338. 844-386-2338. Buy American and bring America home. And we have returned to listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann with Bill Federer. We're, uh, I want to go back and, and uh, have you say that again about the uh, women of the rev- revolution and how they boycotted. Let's talk about that because, you know, I think it's so important. We need to understand this is just a little tiny bit of an inconvenience. We can handle this, girls. We can handle it. So talk, let's talk about that, Bill. Yeah, so there was the Industrial Revolution in England where they had cloth, and they could make bolts of cloth very inexpensively. And when uh, the revolution started, the women refused to buy all their cloth and materials and needles used for sewing from the British, and so they uh, had to go back to their spinning wheels. And when they obviously took a long time to spin the, the wool from a sheep into thread and then sew the garments. And, but they were willing to do that because they did not want to buy from the British at the same time we were fighting the British. You know, that that has a, that says a lot to us today about the China. You know, we uh, found out in the pandemic, but we didn't really learn very fast. We weren't very quick learners either, you know. That uh, everything's coming from China, and it needs to. We need to stop supporting them, but it is very, very difficult because it's it's so much, including vital things like medicines and and that kind of thing that are all coming from China. But we've got to draw a line somewhere, and we've got to stop supporting our enemies, and we've got to stop supporting this woke agenda. This is all Marxism, and I know you know that, but it's uh, the American people need to understand. There is no such thing as climate change, and this woke ideology is not about being kind to other people. That's not what it's about. Uh, it's about control. And I know you've been in this business long enough and have enough history, uh, knowledge that you know exactly what's going on. And it is kind of scary, don't you think, Bill? Yes. Um, so uh, put together a book on the history of socialism and how socialism is a bait and switch for dictatorship. And it's this idea that power wants to concentrate. That's the default setting of human government. Uh, it's, it's gangs. It's a gang-type structure. And as the weapons improve, the gangs could turn into kings with their kingdoms and then turn into ultimately global kingdoms. The British had a global kingdom. The uh, Spanish had a global kingdom. And then you add the new technology with the 5G and the cell phones and the satellites and the intertwined 
financial transactions and uh, oil and and now with the uh, big investment companies like BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard. Mm. So you see a um, a global human nature hasn't changed. So the same way you have Cain killing Abel and one king taking a kingdom from another king, you have uh, different uh, forces wanting to consolidate power globally. They're just using modern technology to do it. And so that's one of the things that I, I bring out in this book of socialism, that uh, the most common form of governments, kings, and democracies and republics are attempts to take the power of the king and give it to the people. But what if the king wants the power back? Does he just ask for it? Hi, I want to be the king. Give me control of your life. And that, that usually <laughs> doesn't work. And so there's two methods in which the uh, king can take the power back. It's um, One is through fear. If you can get people into fear, they will trade freedom for security. And the other is free stuff. You get the people dependent on the free stuff, then um, you incrementally can get them to give up their freedom. It's sort of like a um, drug dealer takes over a neighborhood two ways. He can come in with guns and get everybody into fear. Or he's so nice, he's giving away free drugs until you get hooked. And then you want some more free drugs. Well, that's when you're going to have to sell yourself into prostitution. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, so. So what we see is this manipulation of fear and free stuff to get people to give up their freedom, so it can reconcentrate back into the hand of the state and ultimately into a global state. I had um, uh, Prager, Dennis Prager, the other evening, and he was talking about, and he's absolutely right. And I know you agree with this that these social programs, yeah, Americans are hooked on them. Yeah, we're hooked on these so-called entitlements, and I'm not talking about Social Security. I don't consider that an entitlement because we all paid into it. But all these other things that the government is giving you, these federal grants and this and that, and and it goes on and on and on. So he's talking about this uh, bill, you know, this. Uh, uh, debt ceiling bill. He says it's not going to happen. It doesn't matter who's president. As long as the American people are addicted to government money, it's not going to change. And I have said that a long time ago. All these social programs, all these departments that are controlling our lives, I call them the alphabet bureaucracy, until we're ready to give up something and have a little inconvenience, we're going to be slaves to the government. And I think it's up to the American people, just like the women of the Revolution. They just weren't going to have any of it, and they're going to do whatever it had to be had to be done. And the American women can do that too. We may not have to go back to the spinning wheels, but uh, we might have to do something that's a little inconvenient. And uh, I like to sew. I said, start sewing, go back to that, you know. But even then, you, you got most of the fabrics are coming from other countries, but there are still fabrics. There are still companies that make the fabrics right here in the USA, so we can do it. It's just going to take a little ingenuity. And uh, so I, uh, you sound like you're on the move. <laughs> yeah, well, um, uh, the, the, the phone is clear, but then when I get switched over to be live, that's when it, it gets a little bit um, choppy okay. for some reason. Okay. But um, the uh, – uh, so I want to highlight this trend I see in history is that this power concentrates and um, you go through the um, 
French Revolution. And so the motto of the French Revolution was liberty, equality, fraternity. And it sounds nice until you think it through. Um, uh, Liberty is experienced individually. Equality can be understood uh, two ways. In America, it was equal treatment before the law. In France, it was having everyone having an equal amount of stuff, equity. Mm. And uh, fraternity is their word for socialism. Uh, it's the collective, the group. And if the group thinks that you have too much stuff, it can trample your individual liberty, confiscate all your stuff, and redistribute it. And so we're beginning to see that in America. We're stopped talking about equality, and we're talking about equity. And equity is nothing more than the government taking away your stuff and redistributing it to their supporters and with your your individual liberties being trampled upon. Well, you know, I'm writing a declaration of uh, uh, actually to bring back our republic restoration, the declaration of restoration. And I mentioned that in there. You know, we've got to we've got to stop being connected to all these social programs and as long as we have, and it started a long time ago bill as you know what when was the first time we started in with this social stuff uh, it was lincoln to, uh, having kind of the government taking care of the widows of mm-hmm. the civil war okay and it was federal government going toward the widows and then it went to the widows and their families and then it went to um you know gradually broadened to be people uh, that were in need, and then finally it it turned it was LBJ that turned it into the welfare uh, state, a Democrat voter uh, t- a tactic, so, and even said uh, it out loud. I mean, he made the statement out loud: "We do this, and we'll have the black vote forever." Yeah. So um, the Lyndon Johnson uh, the. I, I put together a book on Booker T. Washington, and I go through this whole Reconstruction era and how it was the Republican Lincoln that freed the slaves. Uh, Republican, um, you know, James Garfield uh, that helped integrate the military um, during the Spanish-American War. You know, Republican, uh, you know, leaders, Teddy Roosevelt was the first president to have a black man in the White House for dinner. It was Booker T. Washington. And then you had Democrat Woodrow Wilson. He shows a KKK film in the White House, and then he segregates, separates blacks and whites in all the federal departments. And then it was Republican Eisenhower that reintegrates the military. And so the Democrats were using their intimidation tactics, but it was LBJ that turned it from intimidation to entitlement, and he created the Great Society Welfare State to get a dependent class on government handouts so you would get their votes. So it's an intentional way to get people to sign up for welfare. They'll vote for the party that promises to continue the welfare, and that's what we call the the Democrat Party. All right. I hear the music. We're headed into a break. I want to continue this conversation as to what can we do today. We know what they did back then, or we don't all know, but what can we do today if we can follow in their footsteps? Can we, as I call it, bring America home, bring America back to God and family and a nation as one? You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann with Bill Federer, and we'll be right back.
And we have returned. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann with Bill Federer, historian. And we uh, really love it when Bill's on. We learn a lot about our history, and we should be able to learn from history, Bill. You know, I have said all along, you know, everybody's like, oh, my gosh, what happened? Well, this didn't just happen in this administration. This has been going on through many administrations on both sides of the party aisles, Republican and Democrat, that we have just keep we just keep going down this uh, this um, abyss of social socialism, denying and removing God from our lives. And I'm going to end up writing an article here pretty soon about the separation of church and state and how a Christian cannot separate their faith from their walk. No matter what building they walk in, they've got to take their faith with them. So, what can we do now? Uh, in accordance to what history tells us. Right. So as more power concentrates into the hands of fewer people internationally, Mm -hmm. the counterbalance is more people involved locally. Right? So power is concentrating more globally into the hands of fewer people. The counterbalance is more people involved locally. And uh, the uh, one of the things I bring out in my books is that uh, the most common form of government's kings, um, ancient Israel, when they came out of Egypt around 1400 B.C., uh, they did not have a king for 400 years. This was mm. the first time in recorded human history of a nation with millions of people and no king. And it worked because every single citizen was taught the law, and they were personally accountable to God to follow the law. And so this is called the Hebrew Republic, And after the Reformation, this was studied by these Calvinist Puritans, and they came up with what's called the covenant form of government. You get blessings from God. You voluntarily take care of your neighbor because you're doing it as unto God. This covenant form of government is what the pilgrims took to Massachusetts, and these pastors in Connecticut and New Hampshire and Rhode Island, these pastors were setting up a covenant church form of government that they were turning into their community form of government. Uh, The word federal means covenant. We have the Mayflower Compact. We, in the presence of God, covenant ourselves into a civil body politic. In Scotland, they were called covenanters, and these were small groups of people that would not just pray together, but commit themselves to care for each other for the rest of their lives. Could you imagine that? Um, <laughs> so we're talking a really close prayer meeting group. And and so this covenant form of government uh, over was taught at Yale and Harvard. Yes. That's, that's why they taught Hebrew there. Well, after a century, they got a little plan-focused and a little dry, a little formal, a little structured, right? And they were nicknamed Old Lights. And then you had, uh, in the new, in the 1700s, the new lights. And these were a revivalist that said, look, it's more than a plan. You have to have an experience with Jesus. And when you do, your life will change and you won't do the worldly things you used to do, like go to bars and brothels and get involved in government. <laughs> Wait, what was that last thing? Yeah, government's yeah. still full of worldly people. So if you're really involved, uh, a Christian, you won't get involved. And so whereas the 1600s, you had these old light, these Calvinist Puritans that says, look, we got a way that we can rule ourselves without a king. It's great. Um, but um, the uh, 
the new light said, no, don't get involved because the government's worldly. And so you had this in Germany turned into the two kingdom concept, the kingdom of the government, the kingdom of the church, and the two don't touch. Mm. There were even German princes that donated money to these pietists. So they would teach their people not to get involved in the prince's business. And so four centuries of this allowed Hitler to put Jews on train cars, and they're going by the churches crying out for help. And the church's response was, that's the government doing that, and we're the church, and that's the government circle, we're the church circle. We can't do anything about the government circle, so, so let's just sing praise songs louder. <laughs> Can anybody see there's something wrong with this picture? There's something greatly so, wrong with that picture. And so you have these people that think they're being spiritual by not getting involved, and they just want to focus on their own personal relationship with Jesus. But the proverb says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. If you're a good person, you're going to want your children to have a chance to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Because if you sit back and don't get involved, this trans agenda they're teaching— not, not just do they say there is no God. If, if he does happen to exist, he has messed up. He's put in men and women's bodies, and you have to have operations to fix it, and lifetimes of pharmaceuticals and dog, diapers and antibiotics and infections and all this stuff because of this. And if that sexual behavior is not a sin, arguably there are no sins. And if there's no sins, you don't need a Savior. And so by you sitting back and them teaching this trans agenda, it's undermining the gospel, and your kids are not going to get a chance to hear the gospel. So if you so the most important thing is to bring people to Christ, but the second most important thing is to preserve the freedom to do the most important thing, right? And, and it's and exactly so, what the First Amendment's about. <laughs> yeah, and so I come back around and I say to those people that think they're being holy by not getting involved, what do you do with Numbers chapter thirty? It's mm. the silence equals consent chapter of the Bible. Half a dozen scenarios. One is if a daughter is still living in her father's house and binds herself with a vow. In the day the father hears it, if he is silent, her vows stand. But if he disallows it, she's released from the vow. That's come down to us as vows in a wedding ceremony, and the pastor tells the church, if you're silent, you're giving consent to these wedding vows, right? Speak now or forever hold your peace. Mm. Well, if a church member's silence gives consent to wedding vows, their silence gives consent to other things. And if they're killing babies and the church member is silent, the church member is giving consent to killing babies. If they're teaching the trans agenda in school, and you know that Jesus said, in the beginning God made a male and female, and you are silent, you are giving consent to the children being taught something other than what Jesus would taught. And Jesus said, if you are silent and allow one of these little ones that believes in me to stumble, better that a millstone be put around your neck and you be thrown in the depths of the sea. So all these people, it's going to be a rude awakening when they realize that they think they're spiritual by not getting involved, but when they realize that by their silence they're giving consent to sin, they're inviting the judgment of God upon their heads. Oh, absolutely. And And I, you know, I'm going to 
I'm going to interject here just a little bit. Because the American Christians have stayed silent or stayed out of things and trusted the wrong people, let's put it that way, we trusted the politicians when they lied and told us they were Christians or they told us they were this. That's why they have a slush fund in Congress to cover their sins. That's why they don't have any problem with stealing from the American people their money. And and it goes on and on and on because we have separated ourselves from what we should have been a part of and been included in and been maybe been the ones who ran for office. Uh, but I, I still feel that it's because of our silence, our apathy, that we are in this fix. We can't blame the ungodly. They're, what do you expect from the ungodly? They're going to be ungodly. But the godly need to step up and speak out and stand for what yeah. is God and what is righteous. Now, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that off my chest. Are, yeah, and there's more people in church than vote in school board elections. Wow. If if you can just pick some mama bear and say, okay, church, everybody get behind this lady or this husband that cares about what his kids are being taught. Let's just all agree on this one person and let's vote him in. You could replace the school boards overnight, literally overnight, that fast. But you got all these people, oh, I'm not going to vote. I'm spiritual. I'm not going to get involved. It's like, wake up. By your silence, you're giving consent to sin. You're inviting judgment upon yourself. Now, we're con- the scripture. We're condemning our children. You know, even our founding fathers, when they wrote our documents, talked about the posterity, the future generations of this country. And we are, we are subjecting them to slavery, to this government and to this sin, and removing God from the land. And it's got to stop. We have got to, we've got to fight it. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We're visiting with Bill Federer. Bill, when we come back, let's talk about how they can get your newest book and all of your books. And we will be right back. Have you heard about vine-to-bar chocolate? It's the winemaker's chocolate, the world's first chocolate made with well-vined Chardonnay Mark from the beautiful coastal vineyards of North America. Gently pressed grapes are harvested after juicing, dried, and finely milled and carefully blended into the finest dark chocolate. The Chardonnay Mark contains highly beneficial grape nutrients, flavanols, and has a natural sweetness that flavors the luscious dark chocolate. Mouth-watering, flavorful, delectable dark chocolate goodness with Chardonnay sweetness and beneficial nutrients. And it's alcohol-free, too. It's vine-to-bar chocolate. Order some today at vinetobar.com. That's V-I-N-E-T-O-B-A-R.com. Cold ship to your door, it's Vine to Bar. Vine to Bar chocolate. Visit us at vinetobar.com. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell and MyPillow are launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes MyPillow even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjusted fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread, the MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. My Pillow 2.0 with its temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. 
Best yet, it's BOGO. Buy one, get one free. MyPillow.com. Go to MyPillow.com and click on Radio Podcast Square. Use the promo code Bethann or just give them a call at 1-800-978-6168. That's 1-800-978-6168. Promo code Bethann. Elmer Heinrich here to talk about minerals. Now, most people are aware our topsoil is depleted and our foods, especially fruits and vegetables, lack many minerals compared to years ago. Maybe that's the reason the world is sick. Now, according to Dr. Linus Pauling, our bodies need 60 minerals every day, but on average, we get less than 12 minerals from our foods. Immuno 150, an incredible nutritional supplement, can fill that gap because it contains 70 colloidal plant minerals and 80 additional nutrients, 150 in all. A month's supply of Immuno 150 is available for $54.95 by calling 888-316-2224 or on the website Immuno150.com. That's I-M-M-U-N-O-150.com. The 70 minerals are the key to good health and longevity, so call 888-316-2224. 888-316-2224. You'll be glad you did. ever met a single person in your life that enjoys paying taxes? No, no one does. If you can't sleep at night because you have a huge problem with the IRS, I've got some free advice for you. This service is strictly limited to individuals that owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes. And if you qualify, we can guarantee that you won't be writing a big fat check to the IRS or our services cost you nothing. The first 100 people People that call today will get a free tax consultation worth $500. Stop worrying about your IRS problem. We can help you. We promise. Call the tax doctor right now. I mean right now to learn more. 800-668-2493. 800-668-2493. That's 800-668-2493. And we have returned to listening to CSE Talk Radio's fastest hour of the day. We are in the final segment of today's show with Bill Federer. We're going to talk about his books. He has a lot of them. And I didn't catch the name of the new one. You said you just wrote one about the history of socialism. Is that the name of it, or is that another one that you had written? Right. It's called Socialism: The Real History from Plato to the Present. Okay. And Plato's the first one that talked about everybody owning everything in common. And it sounds nice till you think it through. Somebody has to be in the government handing out the common stuff. And they're always going to be tempted to want to funnel a little extra to their family and friends on the side and hold back from someone they don't like. And before you know it, it gets discretionary. And the saying is, he who holds the purse strings has the power. Mm. So every attempt at everybody owning everything equally always ends up with a deep state bureaucracy passing out favors to their friends with the most corrupt guy at the top, a dictator. And, uh, and so I go through the um, uh, old Plato and Sir Thomas More, who wrote The Island of Utopia, which was a fictitious island off the coast of South America, and uh, everybody... Uh, was submitted to the government, and it's, it's a two-tiered system and uh, that of the haves and the have-nots. And, um, and so I, I go through the different tactics 
that they used to institute socialism and communism. By the way, Lenin said socialism is a transition phase to communism. Yes. And Karl Marx said communism can be summed up in one sentence, abolition of private property. Yes. So if you don't own anything, how can you be charitable? Uh, the Bible talks about being charitable, but uh, you can't be charitable if you don't own anything. And so um, I go through these things in this book on socialism. People say, well, wasn't the early church socialist? No, the early church was the early church. Socialism is counterfeit early church. And the difference is between the word voluntary and involuntary. So the early believers voluntarily sold their property and laid it at the feet of the apostles. They didn't have the Roman government take away their property and lay it involuntarily at the feet of Pilate. And so uh, in the Bible, God gives commands to five groups, individuals, families, business, church, and government. Individuals, among other things, are commanded to take care of the poor. Family commands are mostly relational. Husbands love your wives, children submit to your parents. Business commands are things like do an honest day's work, don't hold back wages. The church is commanded to take care of the poor, and historically they did. And they started hospitals and medical clinics and orphanages. Did you know there is no command for the government to take care of the poor? The command to the government is the shortest. Protect the innocent, punish the guilty. There's no command for the government to be involved in health care. There's no command for the government to be involved in education. What's happened is the government has usurped the church's role. There's a quote from Calvin Coolidge. He says, just because something ought to be done does not mean it's the government's job to do it. We We need to take care of the poor. Yes, we do, but it's not the government's job. We need to take care of the immigrant. Yes, we do, but it's not the government's job. We need to do this, that. We need to do all that, but it's not the government's job. It's the church's and the individual's job. So it was individuals that started, you know, Clara Barton started the Red Cross. Uh, you had um, individuals, uh, George Williams started the YMCA, and uh, individual William and Catherine Booth started the Salvation Army. And uh, You had individuals doing all these things. It wasn't the government. And... Um, but as the government gets involved, first they say, we're going to give you some money to help you do your good thing. Well, that's nice. And then they give so much money that you get dependent. And then they say, well, we're going to stop giving you money unless you incrementally give up your morals and values. And I mean, people forget eight of the 10 largest hospital corporations in America were started by churches. Yes. Catholic Church, Lutheran, Presbyterian, Baptist, Seventh-day Adventist. Right? These were Christians responding to the need, Christians donating money, Christians building it. It's only recently that the federal government comes in with a little money and then ends up taking over the whole thing, telling the people to give up your consciences and do transgender surgeries or euthanize people or kill babies. Um, they're telling them to give up their Christian values that created hospitals in the first place. Yeah, the euthanization is really uh, a problem right now in Canada, and what's there is going to end up falling down here, and it's really, really scary. Uh, let's um, tell everyone how to get your book and where to go and how much it is. Sure. So the title of the book is Socialism, the Real History from Plato to the Present, 
My website is AmericanMinute.com, AmericanMinute.com, and I also send out a, a, a history email that you can sign up for. So it yes, talks about something awesome. in history, but also points to our Christian heritage of faith. All right. And how much is the book? This uh, It's $20, $20, and we also have flash drives where you can, since DVDs are becoming less popular, but the flash <laughs> drives have uh, 20 different presentations that I've given with my PowerPoint. I go through uh, the manipulation of the media, that they've taken marketing of products, and now they're using those techniques to market ideologies. So Disney right. selling frozen cartoons and frozen um, pajamas and Band-Aids and lunchboxes, on, and they get these kids to, I mean, your little billions of dollars worth of merchandise is being uh, moved. Why? Because they've convinced little kids they want something. Well, this ability to convince little kids of stuff, they've now turned to marketing of sexual ideologies. Yes. And it's a, it's a big machine that they have perfected. And uh, that's why, you know, they've got with the Target and with these merchandise of transgendered stuff. And, and unless we step up, these kids are going to be sucked in. There's been a 900% increase, 900% increase yes. of trans-identifying children in the last two years. I was in Pacific, Missouri, speaking at a little church, and the assistant pastor had a special needs child and a three-year-old boy, and he decided to put him into the public school. And his three-year-old boy one day says, I'm a girl. And he said, well, who told you you were a girl? Your friends? No. Your brothers, no. Your teacher, yes. Mm. Three years old, Pacific, Missouri, a public school teacher will get in a little boy's face as you're a girl. What they do, it's, it's called the pyramid of oppression. And the people at the top are the oppressors, and they're oppressing everybody else down the pyramid. And so what Absolutely. They, do, they say that the people at the top are the cisgendered. Now, if you don't know what that means... <laughs> They call you cisgendered if you believe there is a man and a woman. Yes. The cisgendered yes. are the oppressors. Everybody else is being oppressed by them. So these little that kids may like, be. Well, I don't want to be the bad person. <laughs> I'm, I'm intersexual. I'm bisexual. I'm transsexual. I'm anything sexual other than that because they're We're the bad people. We're running out of time. I may be cisgender, but I got 16 grandchildren and five great-grandchildren, and I'm proud of it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Get your kids out of the public Amen. school and homeschool them if you possibly can. Bill, we're out of time. Thank you so much. We'll have you back again. God bless you for all that you do and have always done for such a long time to bring America home. Home.